Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Friday edition of the podcast is up, boys and girls, and my goodness, what a crazy week it has been. Uh, We'll be joined by Frank Isola in hour one. I'm teeing off on the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, the extreme over-wokeization, if that's a word, I just made it up, in sports, all that, plus Alex Berenson, who has done incredible work on the coronavirus, and Ovik Roy, and guess what? It's the eve of college football returning. We have a gambling pick, probably, for you in the great Central Arkansas Austin P game taking place tomorrow. All that still to come. Appreciate all of you. Thanks for making August the greatest month in OutKick podcast history. The podcast begins now. OutKick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, Friday edition, Geico Outkick Studios. Hope wherever you are across this great country or this great land, you are having a fantastic start to your weekend. Maybe hanging out with us a little bit early here. Uh, we want you to know that right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more. If you listen to yesterday's show, I told you exactly what was going to happen with the NBA. I said that they were going to realize that they had overreacted and they were going to find a way to work their way back towards the season beginning again in the postseason, that I didn't believe LeBron James was going to walk away with the Lakers, that I didn't believe Kawhi Leonard was going to walk away with the Clippers, that I believed there was going to be a way that the NBA players would all come together and they would come back and play. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And frankly, I think the NBA embarrassed itself 
Uh, and I know that there's a ton of people out there in sports media who will tell you the opposite, how heroic it was and everything else. They made a decision to not play basketball because of something that had nothing to do with basketball itself. And this, to me, is one of the most interesting questions going forward about their decision. Namely, have they set a new precedent? Because now you got the NHL, you got MLS, you got Major League Baseball. All of these leagues are basically setting the precedent. If something happens that upsets me, that has nothing to do with the world of sports at all, we are not going to play. And I think that's not a good precedent to set. In particular, just think about this. Right now, the NBA, it didn't really matter because they were inside of the existing bubble, right? Uh, And there's no fans really to speak of there. So when the Milwaukee Bucks walk out and they say, hey, we're not playing today, and the Orlando Magic, they want to play because maybe they want to get the, go ahead and get done and be able to go home or whatever it is. When the Milwaukee Bucks right out, walk out and basically say we're not going to play anymore, it's not as big of a deal because there's no fans there. But imagine if you had taken your family and you were sitting down to watch that game and then somebody comes on, uh, the, the arena announcer comes on and says, hey, the players are upset about a political issue that's currently going on in the United States, and so they aren't going to play. And you were just sitting there in the arena, and you'd spent all the time, you had bought your tickets, you'd paid for your parking, you may have even traveled in from a different city, you may have a hotel room, may have taken your kids out of school, and then suddenly they just say, hey, the game's not going to take place today. And it's only because of somebody being upset about something from a political perspective doesn't matter really what it is that's making them not play it's something that has nothing to do with the game itself I think that's a bad precedent I really do I think it alienates a lot of fans I think the reaction would be a lot different I think likely in Milwaukee in the arena I think they would have booed the players I think there would have been an uh, unhappiness that set in because of the precedent that's been set and my concern now is Look, the the NBA basically pulled a George Costanza, right? If you're a Seinfeld fan, George Costanza in one of the great Seinfeld episodes gets all fired up at work. He walks in, he quits, he makes a big show of leaving. And then afterwards, he's like, "Ah, maybe I reacted a little bit emotionally. Maybe I shouldn't have done what I did there. And so he just goes back into work the next day and shows up. And they play it for laughs there. But that's basically what the NBA is doing. The NBA didn't alter anything. The games that didn't happen on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday or whatever day, and eventually they come back and they decide to play, all of those games are eventually going to be replayed and they really aren't changing anything. And I know that people on social media are like, oh, it's so brave, I'm so proud of them. But what do they do? They just prolong the amount of time they're going to stay in the bubble. And honestly, what they did to draw attention to the situation in Kenosha actually kind of makes them, I think, look worse as the details have come out more and more about that incident. See, the big problem in American life today is social media demands everybody to have instantaneous opinions about everything under the sun based on a very limited amount of actual data. 
there was a 20-second video from Kenosha, Wisconsin that went viral. We didn't know anything that happened before. We didn't know anything that happened after. Well, now we know the larger picture, at least so far. And while it may be the case that excessive force was used in terms of the number of shots that were fired, we know that police, people are like, why didn't they try to do something that was less violent before they ended up shooting? Well, they did. They tried to tase the guy. In fact, one of LeBron James's first comments was, why didn't they tase him? Why didn't they try to tackle him? They did. They did exactly that. And the guy was resisting arrest and refusing to listen to what police officers were telling him. And then they had been called. There were people like, why are they there? Well, the police had been called because one of the women that called the police said this guy was behaving in a harassing manner. And now we know also that this guy had a fairly substantial criminal record and there was an outstanding warrant for him. And, oh, by the way, according to the Wisconsin Department of Justice, he also had a knife. So all of those factors matter, and it's why I always say on this show, I only care about three things, the facts, the facts, and the facts. But we don't get very many facts on social media. It's all emotions. And ultimately, what has led to games getting canceled in the NBA, in the MLS, in the NHL, and also in Major League Baseball, is all emotional-based responses. It's not factual, uh, rational-based responses. And oh, by the way here, I heard a lot of people say, well, the NBA should be getting involved in situations like these. Really? Do you really want the NBA to be demanding a particular result from an independent police investigation? Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican... If Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush or Donald Trump had come out publicly and said, hey, I demand that charges be filed in this case while the investigation was still going on, that would be a fundamental fundamental rejection of justice. Because justice needs to be blind, it needs to be independent. And basically what the NBA players are trying to do with their decision not to play is come out and put their finger down firmly on the scales of justice on one side or the other. I don't even think that's very appropriate. Everybody has the right to have an opinion. Everybody has the right to go vote. I encourage you to certainly go vote regardless of what your political opinions are. But I don't think that an uninformed populace should be dictating whether criminal charges are brought in a case or not. In fact, I actually think that's pretty scary to think about as anything that would be ordinarily happening, and it's certainly scary to think about as a precedent. I'm going to bring in Frank Isola here in a minute. I want to have this conversation about him because he's been covering the NBA and sports for a long time as well. Yesterday, we had a great conversation with Jason Whitlock. I encourage you to uh, check it out. So, Uh, When we come back, more with Frank Isola. In the meantime, I'd encourage you guys to go sign up for the OutKick VIP. You get an autographed copy of my newest book. You get the ability to call in on our VIP phone line. Lots of great VIPs calling in yesterday. 
You get the ability to comment on all the articles up at OutKick.com, and you also get access to our OutKick message board. You will love it. Encourage you to go sign up today. If you love this show, you'll love the OutKick VIP and your access to exclusive Zooms with me and with Jason Whitlock. Go sign up today, OutKick.com. In the meantime, when we come back, be joined by Frank Isola. We'll talk about all these issues and more. This is OutKick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code 2PROS. New customers play 5 bucks and get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code 2PROS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours.
One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in pick six credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for pick six use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms at picksix.draftkings.com slash promos. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. We are joined now by Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. Uh, you can listen to him on Sirius XM. You can read him at The Athletic, and you can watch him on ESPN. Frank, I just, the whole world has gone insane, right? I mean, like, I don't even feel like I could put my phone down for five minutes without anything crazy happening. Wednesday night, Whitlock and I had dinner and uh, we had a dinner schedule. We were meeting a couple of people and I was like, I texted him. I said, hey, should we just cancel? Because I don't even feel hardly like we had dinner at six. And I was like, I feel like the two hour dinner that we're going to have, it's going to be almost impossible to pay attention because we're both going to be wanting to check our phones constantly to see what the latest news is. And I don't I mean, I know that like we've always been at the beck and call of our phones, but a lot of times you can kind of predict, right? Like, let's say the NFL draft is going on. Well, yeah, you're going out to dinner. You maybe you're not watching the whole first round. You might want to pick up your phone and see who's getting drafted or whatever else you could kind of predict is what I'm saying. Or, you know, there's a game that you're interested in, but you've also got obligations for one of your kids. Like you take your phone, you can check it like, you know, that's going on. I feel like right now. There's almost nothing that could happen where I would be like, yeah, I can't like I can't imagine that happen. Like the NBA just shutting down and not showing up for a game uh, on Wednesday. It's like once that happens, truly anything can happen in sports, right? You have to follow it minute by minute. And we know back in March when all the sports got shut down, it was an unbelievable evening. You know, it was like boom, boom, boom every time something's happening. But I really do feel like every time I pick up my phone, there's no telling what the news might actually be. Well, there it is, Clay and Jason, America's two most beloved media people out to dinner together. I'm surprised that wasn't on page six of the New York Post. I'll tell you this right now. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. Like the, at, the, at, the, rest, at the, uh, the restaurant, they brought us out a free dessert, and I turned to Whitlock, and I was like, that guy seemed like he liked us. 
but also we could be getting hemlocked here and both of us could be dead in like 10 minutes because we didn't ask for this dessert. It's hard to say no to a free dessert, but I'm like, also, this might be the worst decision we ever made, both eating it. We turned out fine, yeah. but that's the way I'm thinking in the back of my head now. I'm like, at any moment, we might just get taken out. Yeah, well, you guys should start behaving like you're in the mafia and just no doubt your, your back, back to the wall. I need a bodyguard. I feel like I need a bodyguard now. Everything, everything unfolding in front of you. Yeah, Wednesday, you know, it's like been a season unlike any other year, like any other. And obviously, that that day was unlike anything we've ever seen in the NBA. I mean, I remember covering a Nick game the night of the first Gulf War. It was at Mad- and I was at Madison Square Garden. Pat Riley was the coach of the Knicks. For crying out loud, and uh, Bill Musselman was the coach of Minnesota, and he was he was a former military guy. And he was talking about we need to stand behind our military. That night they played games, but I watched the whole thing unfold on Wednesday, turning on NBA TV. And when they weren't out there, the first thing I noticed too, the Orlando Magic were on the court, and I right away I said, well, they're obviously not in on the plan. And then they showed Chris Paul. Um, and once the game was just about to be called off, they showed Chris Paul getting ready for what would be the later game, arriving at the arena. And I said, well, there's no way that he knew about it. And Chris Paul will not be happy because Chris Paul, he and LeBron are the two most powerful players in the league. Chris Paul is obviously the president of the Players Association. And I had heard at that meeting later that night, he, you know, he basically said, I stand behind the Milwaukee Bucks, but I'm not, I'm not really sure I agree with how you went about it. Can you kind of explain yourself? So I think... The Milwaukee Bucks, it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, and it started with George Hill and then Sterling Brown, who was a Chicago guy who had that incident with the police when he was kind of roughed up a couple of years ago. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo decided he wasn't going to play. Everyone followed suit, but it was pretty much a spur-of-the-moment. But, Clay, you knew this. Once the Bucks weren't going to play, you knew that the next two teams, the next no two games wouldn't go on. And then, obviously, now you have the rest of the league in solidarity without any games going uh, happening on Thursday. But the spur of the moment aspect of this is, I think, so let me take a step back. Regardless of what you think about the decision, to me, making a decision that big on the spur of the moment oftentimes leads you to bad results, right? Does that make sense? So where, you know, you're, you're like not necessarily playing out all of the different threads of what can happen next. And the way we talked about it on the show yesterday was it's the difference between playing chess and playing checkers. I know some people are spectacular checkers players out there and you're constantly thinking like eight moves ahead, all right? That's not how most of us play checkers. But in chess, it's all about setting up the moves and thinking about the responses and everything else. And this field felt very ad hoc to me because of what you just said. If you knew that you were going to not play you wouldn't go to the gym. The other team wouldn't show up and be warming up on the court, right? And the other teams wouldn't be preparing to arrive at the facility and everything else. This would be a lot more of a planned process. Having said all of that, what's the impact? I know it's kind of hard to forecast the long-range impact, but now that we know the players are going to come back, they're going to sit out a couple of days, and then the games will be going on again. What do you think, as a guy who has covered the NBA for a long time, what is the impact? And also, what's the precedent now? Is this going to become, because we've seen it happen now in Major League Baseball, NHL felt compelled to follow, MLS, is this going to become something where when something that upsets players happen, that it's now commonplace, that they just decide not to play? Because I think that's kind of a tough precedent to set, because think about it, in the future, when you're actually able to have fans present again, you would have all the fans, you know, dad's bringing his girls, dad's bringing his sons, everybody's sitting in the stands, 
and then at the last minute they're going to come out and get on the PA and just say, hey, the players are upset today, and so they're not going to play the game? I mean, that seems like this might only work when there's not fans present. It seems like a big mess if it's setting the precedent that things like this happen in the future. There's a couple of things that work here. You know, a lot of the players were not thrilled about going to the bubble, and I think the NBA probably made a mistake. I understand the finances of it. They probably just should have gone down there with the 16 teams, had like the top four seeds in the East play the bottom four teams seeds in the West for like four tune-up games. They would be exhibition games, and then just get on with the playoffs. Because now you've been down there almost two months, and you're just starting the second round now. And it's pretty obvious that the players, part of this is some of these players just don't want to be there anymore. Yeah, and, but I do think a lot of them want to draw attention to social issues. But I would suggest to you, I actually think they've done that. I mean, the league has done everything that the players, for the most part, have wanted. And I think if the players had walked away for good, we know how this all plays out. If they decided today we're not playing anymore, all right, it'd be a big story uh, Thursday, Friday. And then by the time Monday rolls around, we tend to move on. Yeah. Other things. And then two weeks from now, the NFL starts. And then college football is going to start, and the NBA would just disappear. To me, and I'm not telling the players what to do, I would think you're down there after every game, players seem to be speaking up. Your platform is there. You have a megaphone in Orlando. Once you leave, and I heard there were a couple of players that got up at the meeting and said, Come on, guys, you know you're going to go home. You're going to go lay on your couch and watch TV. Yeah. You're not going to go anywhere and do anything. It's like right. we're here now. If you really want to make a change, I do think. It's a combination of a lot of things for the players. They're probably frustrated. Some of them have family uh, obligations that they feel like they want to get to, and they've been there for a long time. I think it's starting to drive them probably a little stir-crazy. And there obviously are players concerned with social issues, but I think they're doing the right thing by staying. I think they could do a better job of drawing attention to the message that they want to get out. Uh, I, don't think, I think it's a no-brainer that there's far more attention on them if they stay than if they just decide to cancel the season. And that's why on Wednesday night when the news came out and they were like LeBron and the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, they all voted to to not play. I was like, come on. But whoever leaked that is intentionally trying to leak that story in a favorable way because I would buy if a lot of teams other than the Lakers and the Clippers said, hey, we don't want to be here. Like, you know, if you know you don't have a chance to win a championship at this point, I can understand just being like, screw it, I'm ready to be out of here, right? But if you believe yep. that you legitimately have a championship chance, which I think, look, the Toronto Raptors do, I think the Boston Celtics do, I think that uh, that certainly the Bucks do in the East, and I would say the Clippers and the Lakers do in the West. Yep. I would say there's probably yep. five teams that feel like they have a legitimate chance to win a championship. I think there yep. are 13 teams, if I'm not mistaken, still in the bubble, at least right now. The other eight, yep. I can see them being like, eh, I, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. Well, well, Clay, think about it. All right, so you're the Orlando Magic. They were probably thinking when they woke up on Wednesday morning. We're finally right, out we of here. This, we, yes. We got this early game. I'll bet you the players, some of them are telling their family, I'll be home by 830. Yeah. So we'll go out to dinner at 830 because they only live 20 miles. Most I think downtown yep, Orlando that's right. is 20 miles from, from Disney. Then you, I'm sure there were players that have girlfriends who are probably thinking, I'll, I'll see you tonight by about 830. Nine o'clock. They're on the court. They must have been thinking, are you kidding me? We want to get out of the bubble. You now just extended my stay two extra days. Because no doubt. Because Portland was the same way. Because Portland, Portland's a veteran team. Carmelo Anthony, I'm sure he was packed and ready to go. They said that C.J. McCollum brought 85 bottles of wine. He was probably packing up his wine yep. on, uh, on Wednesday night as well. And that's why if you, you – know, the story was that on Thursday, Damian Lillard flew back 
to Portland because he was basically out of it now anyway with the knee injury. He probably figured, I'll stick around, I'll watch our game on Wednesday, I'll fly home with the team on Thursday. And then when they decided not to play, he said, listen, I'm out. I've already checked out mentally, physically. i got to get out of here. So to your point, I think some of these teams that are on the verge of being eliminated anyway were probably a little frustrated. I think they made – I'm not buying that LeBron – I don't think LeBron is thrilled about being there because he's a 35-year-old guy with different kind of family obligations than the other players. He probably has so much stuff going on in his other business ventures. He's probably thinking, I'd rather be somewhere else. But to me, I had heard that he still wants to be there because he thinks he has a legitimate chance to win. I think he might be a little bit frustrated at some of his teammates who are like, yeah, yeah, let's maybe we should just end this and go home. I think he's thinking, guys, we're uh, how many wins away are they? We're three, six, nine, ten wins away, or whatever it is, from winning a championship. Yeah, look, and this might be his last chance to actually win a championship exactly. unless he hangs around in the league for several years and tries to pull, you know, a Carl Malone where he's a obviously an incredible player, but he becomes a role player on a really good team instead of being, you know, kind of the engine that drives the offense and the defense exactly. and leads the team. And I don't exactly. know what he's going to want to do, uh, but that that would be his, his way to add potentially a couple of rings is to take – smaller salaries and be a, a, a compliment as opposed to the focal point. This is his last time as a you know focal point, potentially, when you look at all the other talent that's going to come back next year. What's the long-range impact for the NBA? We know already that you've covered this league for a long time. We know that the number of people watching the playoffs in the bubble, I think, has been disappointing, it's fair to say, to NBA grand poobahs of ratings. Uh, you know, like if, I'm sure Adam Silver, who gets the dailies delivered, is like, yeah, this isn't very good, right? They have alien. I don't think there's any doubt that they have alienated some people. Now, the precedent's also difficult to figure out in some ways because they've never really played in August before, right? There are other sports yeah. going on. There are a lot of differences. But I think it's fair to say that they have not captivated like they usually do in the NBA playoffs. Uh, and they're probably not going to be able to because they're going to be going to head-to-head with the NFL and maybe college football as well here soon. But what is the impact here? And this is the question I've been asking for a while. The bubble is like its own different world. What is going to happen next year? Like, what is the long-range impact here for the NBA? And I think that this goes back to if they had decided not to play, you want to talk about throwing things in jeopardy, who even knows when next season is going to begin? So then you, I mean, next season, could it begin in January? Is it going to be February, March when they start? I mean, you're going to have, like, there would have been some teams that would have gone maybe a full calendar year without playing basketball games. I think that's why it was important to stay down there for the NBA, try to get through this season, crown a champion, and then move forward to next year, which seems like next season is already going to be, you know, obviously it's going to start late. It's going to be interrupted. I think it really would have hurt the league. What the league needs more than anything, they need LeBron. They need LeBron at least to get to a conference final. Because, Clay, if you look at the Eastern Conference, Three of the series were a sweep. The other one uh, is 3-1 with Milwaukee. The Eastern Conference playoffs, which will get better, have been terrible in the first round. There hasn't been essentially no drama to them. So the playoffs need a little buzz. And also, I think the time of year has something to do with it. I think people, it's tough because some of these games that are on at 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the afternoon in the East, that'll change once now you get to the second round. But I think I think Adam Silver knows that you know financially the league is going to take a bit of a hit here. They can recover, you know. If I mean Zion Williamson, if he does well, there are still some players that you could still market around. But I definitely think the owners and Adam Silver have to be a little bit concerned with what's what's unfolded, especially with the ratings. What do you think? Like, and I asked this question a little bit earlier, and then we kind of circled around it. What do you think the precedent is that is being set now? Is this something where? 
players are going to start not showing up for games when things happen in the larger world that doesn't directly impact. Like, I would understand if a team was upset with their owner, even if I may not agree with their decision not to play, or they were upset with their league. That's kind of the long-range history of labor and management, right? Labor and business. There's always the employees who are upset with the owners. That's why strikes happen, whether you are on an assembly line at a Detroit, Michigan auto plant or whether you are a Major League Baseball player, right? Strikes happen, lockouts happen, all different sorts of disagreements can happen. This, to me, seems to be a substantially different than that, though, Because, as you said earlier, there's no real suggestion that the NBA has, quote-unquote, done the players wrong, right? If anything, they've been over backwards to try to make sure that they're happy. So is this now a new precedent being set in athletics where something that has nothing to do with your actual work environment or your work relationships are now going to create scenarios where guys just decide not to play? Yeah, I, I think there's a possibility for that. I think that could have some long-term effects. Maybe some people won't care. Remember now, this was George Hill that did this. This is a, a good player, but essentially a role player who shut down the league yeah. for two days during the NBA playoffs. You know, I remember um, I had Craig Hodges on my radio show on Thursday morning, and he talked about how in the, um, the 1991 NBA Finals, with all the unrest in the country, he went to Magic Johnson, and he said, I think maybe we should uh, protest and not play tonight. And Magic said, that's too drastic. And then he went to Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan started laughing. He said, you're crazy. We're not uh, we're not going to do that. So that was Craig Hodges, who didn't have access, obviously, to a cell phone, a way to like contact maybe a lot of players on the Lakers. So that could happen. But the other thing you have to remember about this, this incident happened over the weekend in uh, Kenosha. You had, you know, players began talking about it, and really Fred Van Bleet was the first guy who's from that part of the country. And he had said, you know what, I, I'm not, maybe we shouldn't be playing. But it wasn't like an initial reaction from the players. It obviously was something that was brewing because they had played games and they had spoken about it afterwards. I, I think when they said, you know, when George Hill said, you know, being in this bubble, I feel like we could do more. Nothing's changing. It's, you know, you're being a bit naive to think that after two months of you being in the bubble, all of a sudden the world was going to be perfect. It's not the way it works. If it would only take two months to correct everything, it would have happened already. It yeah, happened, it did. You know, years ago. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Think that after two months, you're breathing, like you guys are trying to bring about change. You're you're focusing on the issues. It doesn't. It's almost like an athlete's way of thinking sometimes. Like, well, yeah, everything should be perfect because I think it should be that way. Yeah, we all want things to be better, but it doesn't happen overnight. You guys are doing. You know, you're trying to do the right thing down there. Stay there. That's where your message is, as opposed to all of a sudden just leaving the bubble. I think the players would disappear. Yeah, it's a good point because the logic doesn't stand up very well because the logic for why they were upset on some level seemed to be, hey, we've been trying to draw attention to this. We're kneeling. Yeah. we got social justice slogans. we got Black Lives Matter written on the court. And then this still happened, right? But the point is, yep. like, the NBA is a pinprick of entertainment in the larger universe. It seems substantial to them because they're in the league and they have media covering them. But for your average person who's listening to me right now in the morning, like when they go home over the weekend, they'll be like, okay, am I going to watch sports? Am I going to put on Netflix? Am I going to watch Amazon Prime? Are my kids going to watch Disney Plus? Last night I went out to the movies and watched Ghostbusters. They're showing classic cinemas because I was so excited to be able to go back to the movies. I took my kids. But I did that rather than watch anything else, right? People are making decisions in their life every single day about entertainment options. And the idea that a person who otherwise might be involved in a police shooting 
is going to be like, oh, I was going to shoot somebody, but instead I've been watching the NBA and so I'm less likely to do it. Like their protest is unlikely to impact individual police relationships in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It could, right? There could be a guy out there who's like, man, I might have behaved more aggressively as a police officer if I wasn't a huge NBA fan. And I'm sure maybe there are some people who would be that. But by and large, the idea that they're going to change individual interactions between suspects and police officers is is really a crazy idea, considering they've only been down there for like two months and they may not have any uh, anybody paying attention to them in either the, the suspect side or the police side. And I, and I think ultimately it's like, you know, obviously everyone could look at individual cases, but I think ultimately what their goal has been all along, they've talked a lot about police reform, and it's something that the Milwaukee Bucks have been behind for a while here, ever since what happened with uh, Sterling Brown a few years ago. Oh, by the way, his dad is a cop in Chicago, and he got uh, roughed up because they didn't, uh, he was parked outside of a drugstore in uh, like a CVS or something outside of Milwaukee, and he got you know surrounded by a bunch of guys, and, and they... They took care of him pretty good, which was, you know, out of line. I think what their message is, you know, they're trying. I do think that their heart is in the right place. But I would also say this, too. You know, it's funny, like kneeling during the anthem, like a lot of times people don't tune into the game at that time. There's nobody in the arena. Remember, there's no fans. That's why I always felt like do what they do in Europe with, with like the Premier League, what they were doing. Let the, ref- the, let the players take the court. The game's about to start. Now you know everyone is tuned in for the jump ball, and before the referee's about to throw the ball in the air, everybody take a knee for like 30 seconds. Yeah. That would, because, I mean, first of all, Clay, most people don't tune in like during the anthem. The anthem usually comes on at the games at 7 o'clock. Are they the even – somebody asked me this, and I, I don't know, because I tend to – like not every, not every network. Not every yeah, network. Show because I'm very, I'm very anti-all pregame, and I shouldn't say that because obviously both of our networks make a lot of money on pregame. Like, but I'm the guy who wants to sit down literally the minute the ball is tipped, literally the minute the toe meets leather and the, the game begins – I don't care. Like, I don't want to put it on for any time and sit around and hear what people expect to happen uh, when it's right before the game, right? I just want to watch the game itself. I don't watch eight hours of pregame, even though Fox made you know five hundred million dollars on the Super Bowl last year. I'm not one of those people who sits around and watches eight game eight, eight hours of pregame coverage. It, it's funny you say that because when I do watch the Super Bowl, like as it's on all day on like the TV, but I'm not sitting there for that long pregame. I always feel bad because you can tell there are people that put together some unbelievable features that they spent a lot of time on, and they look really good. But like it's hard to justify if the game's starting at 6.30. You want me to tune in at 2, two o'clock, 3 o'clock? I can't sit around the TV that long. And I think, I think a lot of people feel the same way about sports. A lot of them, if it says you know the game's going to start about 7, most people know it tip-off is about 7.10, and that's when they tune in. That's why if I were the players, if they wanted to do something different that's what i would do right before the jump ball you could alert the referee before just as the referee's about to throw the ball in the air just take a knee take a uh, you got 30 seconds you got a couple more minutes you can hang out with us to close out the hour sure sure uh, frank isola will be back with us at the frank isola this is outkick the coverage with clay travis hey it's jonas knox and you know o'reilly auto parts you know o o o o'reilly who are in the business of keeping your car on the road o'reilly auto parts offer friendly helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs they've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock either in store or online so you never have to worry if you're in a jam the team at o'reilly auto parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car if it needs to be replaced they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle need your windshield 
windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Welcome back in. Final segment, hour number one. Hope all of you are having a great day. We're here in the Geico Outkick Studios. I think last week, you, or a couple weeks ago, I guess it was now, maybe a month ago, I don't know. Every day runs together, but I know you said it on the radio (laughs) show. You were talking about uh, old school newspaper columns. And I know we've talked about this before because you do PTI sometimes, and uh, it probably makes uh, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon feel older. But I was in college at George Washington, and one of the great revelations for me as a true freshman was reading the Washington Post and reading their columns. 
and just how good they were in sports, right? I mean, they were just so fabulous. And you live in one of the great newspaper cities of all time. Uh, I remember being a kid and going to New York and thinking, oh my God, it's so amazing, all these different newspapers getting written all, all, all day. And then later when I was in college, I'd read tons of newspapers every day. I remember going, uh, I got to study abroad in London, and that's another oh, one, a great so newspaper. Oh, it was so cool. Like, I feel like such a kind of a, people like now hear about it, and they're like, what would you do? And you're like, oh, you would go to like a newspaper stand, right? A newsstand, <laughs> and they would have newspapers from all over the world there, right? And you can read them, and it's like, it's so addictive, and it was amazing. And the reason why I bring that up is there was a great, huge variety of columnist opinions when everybody had their own little kind of footprint in all these different individual newspapers. And those opinions would be so wide-ranging and they would be so fascinating and they would be so interesting and they could be wildly divergent, right, Uh, from one newspaper to another, from one writer to another. And that was what made it interesting. Even today, I still get the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal delivered. There aren't really necessarily great columnists that still write in newspapers, although I will say Jason Gay does a pretty good column in the Wall Street Journal that I enjoy reading. But there's not that many of those guys anymore, right, or girls. Uh, And and one of the things I'm I'm thinking about here as the NBA lockdown has happened and and everything else is Jason Whitlock writes really interesting different columns than maybe everybody else does. There's almost no variety of opinion anymore. Right, regardless of what you believe, and the reason why I'm bringing it up with you is you talked about Lou Williams, and you were like, hey, back in the day, if Lou Williams had gone to a strip club, somebody would have written the column, this guy has to be suspended for the remainder of the year for putting everybody else in danger like this. There's a 100% chance that column would be written. Nobody wrote it. And one of the big reasons, and I think about this as the lockdown happened uh, with the coronavirus, which is obviously serious, the bubble NBA responses, which are much less serious, it seems to me that social media has constrained the level of acceptable opinion in sports, politics, and otherwise, and everybody's afraid if their opinion's a little bit outside of whatever's considered acceptable, that they're going to get deluged with hate on social media, and as a result, our national discourse is less expansive and less interesting and less, uh, less let's be honest, like just fascinating than maybe it was 20 years ago. I, th- I think there's a lot of truth to that. And like, yeah, the, the Lou Williams thing was interesting because it turned into a debate about, you know, you know the, the chicken wings there are really good. That's why he ate there. That wasn't the point. The NBA spent millions of dollars for this bubble, and, you know, he did something. You know, he left to go to a funeral, and the next thing you know, he's at a he's at the strip club getting the chicken wings. But it's like, it's like even little things. If you look at what happened the other night with Marcus Morris, and Luka Doncic, like, you know, you could have written, like, a pretty good column. Is Marcus Morris intentionally trying to hurt Luka Doncic here? And here's one of the young stars in the league. Should the NBA be protecting him? People used to write about that back when Michael Jordan was starting and the uh, Detroit Pistons were trying to take his head off. Shouldn't yeah. the league maybe doing more to protect one of the young stars in the league? I mean, I thought Marcus Morris – Marcus Morris is a tough guy. That's a legitimate – he will fight you. That's not a fake – that's not an act that that guy's got. But I thought, you know, him stepping on Luca's ankle and on his foot, I thought that kind of crossed the line. You don't see anything like that. Even something, you know, where's the person writing? All right, I get what the end, the players were trying to do, but they really didn't have a plan. And maybe George Hill should have thought this out. And maybe it's a mistake that they're leaving. It's not. You don't really get that anymore. And I think a lot of it does have to do with social media. I mean, you had someone from the New York Times, wasn't it the um, – the op-ed, uh, the woman on the op-ed page, didn't she say that the the editor, the de facto editor sometimes for the New York Times, 
is Twitter. And I definitely think that's the case at a lot of newspapers, a lot of uh, news networks. I definitely think that uh, that plays an important role. And I think it impacts the, the writer, too. You know, I remember the first time when I was working on the Daily News, and when they started allowing people to comment, it's on the Internet, oh, yeah. on your stories. I, I was, like, blown away by how much I was being killed. I was like, damn. I'm, <laughs> I thought people I'm liked me. Like, it's funny. It's like I, I told I, my – I'm telling the truth. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you want from me? And I think that does affect people because, like I said, I, I can only imagine what your mentions were. Oh, I don't read. I don't read them. And I, you know, it's funny. But it affects some people. You know, it does. Yeah. Two things about that. One, I told my mom she couldn't comment. So early on, when I first started writing online, (laughs) my mom would get mad about what people would say, and she would like register, and she was commenting, and I was like, "Mom, you can't do that." So everybody who's got a mom can imagine that. And the other one was, and I think Colin Cowherd was right about this. He's like, Clay, why would I check my mentions during my radio show? He's like, not not what other people are saying, you know, like for news. He was like, why would I see what people are saying to me about my radio show? It's like, I've been doing a radio show for a long time. A lot of people listen. Why would I listen to somebody who's like, I don't know why you're talking about X today? Well, the answer is because I'm a professional and I have a better idea what my audience wants than some random guy does on Twitter. But it can get in your head and make you start questioning things. And that's why I always tell everybody, some of the young guys that we employ now, I'm like, dudes, don't read the comments. Make your argument. That's your big comment. Everybody else ultimately, doesn't matter what happens really, almost every comment ends up in a fight, right? It's like somebody saying something and they end up arguing back and forth. Yeah, it's 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 true, and it, it was like for me, it was tough at first because I was always getting accused of making stuff up, and I'm thinking to myself, well, first of all, I'd get fired for that. That's number one. Number two, I wouldn't do that, and if I was going to make up a story, I'd probably try to come up with something more interesting than some of the craziness that's going on because it, it was always easy for the organization to say that's not true, and then the fan, then the fans who want the organization to be right and want the media to be wrong, they say, see. He's making it up. I knew it all along. Because all the, organ- the organization doesn't have to, they don't have to be held to a standard. And I've always said this too, they will purposely, intentionally lie to you. I'm not allowed to do that. They're yeah. allowed to give false information. No, we're not making that trade. No, we're not looking to get rid of them. It, could, it might not be the worst thing that they've ever done. I get that they're trying to give you almost like a misdirection, but I'm not allowed to do that. I can't, I can't lie in print, but people, they would attack you. And you're right. You can't, you can't get wrapped up in it. It'll drive you nuts. Uh, good stuff as always. Have a great weekend, my man, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week. All right, Clay. Take care. That's Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. We come back. Big Ten lawsuit has been filed. I'm going to dive into that question. I think you're going to enjoy our conversation uh, about why I support the players and what the Big Ten is trying to hide. That'll be next. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 